Hey, it's Michael Fabiano now with Sports Illustrated, and I'm here to help you through this wild fantasy football season. To win in fantasy, you need player rankings you can trust, and ours have received the Top 5 Accuracy Award over the last three seasons. Sign up for the all-new SI Fantasy Plus at si.com slash fantasy. We even have tools that sync with your leagues and experts who are standing by answering your questions in our premium chat. Sign up for SI Fantasy Plus at si.com slash fantasy and win your leagues in 2020. That's si.com slash fantasy. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 206- Four five one four two two zero. I'm Maria Metzler, the Executive Director of Helpline House. The global pandemic has affected us all differently. If you or your neighbors need food assistance, mental health counseling, rental assistance, or parks and rec vouchers, please reach out. Helpline House can help in many ways. Find us on the web at helplinehouse.org. It's what we do. Neighbor helping neighbor. This segment of the Bystander Podcast is brought to you by Eagle Harbor Insurance. We don't sell insurance. We help people buy it. This has always been their motto and continues. They understand every family has different insurance needs, be it coverage or premiums. No two cases are the same, and they will always do their best to guide you into the proper coverage to fit your budget. They are here to help anytime. Give them a call at 206-842-7410 or contact them online at eagleharborinsurance.com. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. your host for the most, Tiny Tim. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bystander Podcast. I am not your usual host. My name is Erin Maryhugh. I'm a communication and empowerment coach, and your host, Tim, has graciously invited me to hop on and share some content with you today. So what you're going to hear in the next hour or so is a series of talks that I have given to my listeners as part of my free heart call series. These are calls that are open to the public. Anyone can hop on. And they're calls where I explore some of the things that I am working with to live a more courageous, authentic, open-hearted life. So you'll hear some stories, you'll hear some concepts and ideas, and some takeaways, hopefully, that can help you put some new tools into action 
really quickly in your own life to experience more well-being. So I hope that you find some personal meaning, um, some things that are valuable for you in these talks. A brief word about me and who I am. So I am really passionate about supporting people to identify, acknowledge, and release patterns, ways of being, habits of communication that no longer serve them. So it's my absolute joy to work with individuals in a coaching capacity, but also to lead educational programs that really help people surface and heal that which is no longer serving them in their way of being and their way of relating to themselves and others. If you're interested in my work, if you like what you hear in this next hour and you want to learn more, you can visit my website, which will be included in the show notes. It's erinmarihugh.com. And when you visit my website, you can subscribe to my newsletter and receive a free step-by-step guide to boundaries without backlash. So this is the unique framework that I've created to help people learn what their boundaries are, identify them in a clear way, and then communicate them hopefully in a way that is more connecting than not. So if this interests you, I encourage you to visit my website, subscribe to the newsletter, and go ahead and get that free guide to boundaries without backlash. You could also, while you're there, subscribe to my free heart calls. So the calls you'll be hearing on today's episode are calls that I lead every other Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And I'd love to have you tune in. If you can't make it to every call, no worries. You can subscribe to the list and you'll get a recording of each call after the fact. All right, Podcastville, I hope you have a beautiful time listening to this episode and I look forward to connecting with you some point in the future. Be kind, take care, and enjoy. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining me here on today's Heart Call. Let's get started, as usual, with a couple of minutes of touching in with our hearts. So if you'd like to join me with closing your eyes, (sighs) sending a signal to your body, your mind, that they can relax and become present. And then just starting to connect with your heart. Ah, You might find some big feelings in your heart. There's a lot happening in our world. Maybe it's too much to connect to in this moment. And if that's the case, no pressure, just an invitation to make a little bit of space to be with what's in your heart. And our hearts hold the full spectrum. They hold the deepest, darkest pain. They hold the most ecstatic joy. They're an incredible, incredible aspect of our human experience. So welcoming whatever feelings on the spectrum, despair to joy, anywhere in between, welcoming whatever is true for you, to just be here. 
It's okay to feel how I feel. It's good to let myself feel. Taking a few deep breaths. And then coming back to the screen. All right. So today's topic is reality checks. And I'm not talking about the kind of reality check that you might think of when you hear the the term reality check, sort of like I need to come back to earth, I need to get in touch with what's really going on. I'm actually talking about relational reality checks. So one of the concepts that I draw from nonviolent communication that I find really helpful is this universal human need of shared reality. And I've gotten a lot of questions about this need. It's a, a, you know, these two words appear on the needs list that I distribute in most of my courses. And people are like excited about it. They're like, wow, shared reality. That's so cool. I didn't realize I needed that. And it comes up a lot for me. But then when they start to play with that more, they realize, you know, wow, that has some different meanings to it. What does shared reality really mean to you, Erin? And so I've had a lot of time to think about this and through a lot of, you know, lived experience have come to think about shared reality in a particular way. And, uh, and I have a practice of reality checks in relationship that I think could be really useful to all of us, myself included. Um, it's also been coming up in sessions. I was supporting a, a pair in kind of a mediation capacity recently. And they realized that a lot of their attention in their relationship was just coming from the absence of reality checks. And they didn't even know that was a practice that they could do together. So um, that, that really seemed like a light bulb moment for them. And then it came up in my relationship with someone close to me as we were navigating something. So I'll share about these examples in the last week seems to be up for people, this um, reality check, shared reality piece. Uh, But first, I want to talk a little bit about shared reality. So shared reality does not mean that you and I are having the same experience. It means that we are aware of how both of us are experiencing reality and to some degree can come to an understanding about how to move forward based on those different realities. So I used to think of shared reality as oh, we get on the same page and we actually agree with each other's interpretations of reality. But the more time I've spent coaching humans and living my own life, I've really realized that it's not realistic or healthy to expect that the only way to have harmony and connection is to be experiencing the same reality. It's an unreasonable, you know, impossible expectation We are so unique and individual. We have our subjective experiences of reality. And I think that's important. I think it shows us something about what our unique path is, what we're here to heal, what we need to address from our past that's showing up in our present. So there's a lot of reasons why it's valuable to honor our subjective reality. Where we get in trouble is when we treat our subjective reality as the truth about life. And we reject other people's realities. 
So shared reality is just a kind of an invitation to entertain from a compassionate, empathic place. What is this other person's reality? Kind of holding them in goodwill. What might be their experience of reality and how can I convey my experience of reality in a way that they can compassionately entertain it and really grasp it? So that's a conversation for another day. That's a, a, a really nuanced skill set. And it's actually something that I'm going to go over in depth in my overcoming codependency program. And so if you're interested in that, kind of how that works, <clears throat> you might check out that program. It's listed on my website. In the meantime, what I want to talk about is this specific practice of reality checking. So I'll give the example from my life to start. Uh, So someone close to me who's been living actually quite isolated and remote, not really having much human contact, um, living on an island, in fact, uh, hasn't really had to deal with the same degree of stressors regarding COVID safety. So their reality since the pandemic began has been a little bit different from mine and, and other people in my community who have been living in the city. And they recently moved back to the city and they're navigating, interacting in this urban environment and also where we're living in Seattle. Uh, There are some new restrictions, as I'm sure a lot of you are aware. There's kind of a new shutdown that's happening. And so um, not only are there rising rates, but there's these new restrictions. And so there's just a lot to manage in this area. And I noticed that when I brought up with them, my, some of my concerns, the things I was thinking about for their safety, because I really care about them. I, I read their body language and their response as defensive. And that, that kind of, it set me off a little bit, you know, sort of like, come on, I'm just trying to keep you safe. Like, you know, this is something we're all dealing with this. You, you know, don't, don't take this personally. This is sort of where I was going inside myself. And I was, I was irritated that it seemed like they were taking this personally and, and, So I went home after that interaction and I sat with it. And then I thought, oh, this is a moment where I need to reality check with this person. I am starting to run away with my own stories about them taking this personally, them not wanting my my love and care that I was trying to share with them by asking these, you know, compassionate questions. Um, maybe they didn't interpret me as compassionate and why is that? And I was really starting to maybe torture is a strong word, but, um, I've watched myself in the past. This can quickly go from just anxious thinking to actually torturing myself with interpretations of their experience. And so what I realized is that I needed to take that courageous action of doing a reality check. So, I actually texted this person. We have a pretty strong foundation of trust. So I knew that text would probably be an okay venue to bring this up with them. Uh, If you don't have a strong foundation of trust with the person that you want to reality check with, it's probably best to have a voice to voice conversation or, you know, best case scenario to either be able to see their face via zoom or to have a, um, you know, in-person interaction that feels safe to you. So I texted this person and I just said, Hey, look, when I was sharing with you, it seemed to me that you were pretty defensive hearing what I had to say. I want to clarify where I'm coming from. And, um, you know, I just wanted to check in with you because 
I really care about you being safe and I'm not against you. I'm not judging you. I just want to be able to talk openly about this stuff. So this was my reach to share a bit about my reality, to reassure them around some of those vulnerabilities that I thought they might have. Maybe they felt I was attacking them. Maybe they didn't, you know, they thought I was judging them or something as I was kind of using my empathy to anticipate what might be going on for them if they're responding in this defensive manner. But I also left it open. I you know, said, I don't know what's going on for you. Can you tell me what's happening for you? So there was empathy. There was openness on my end. I was being transparent about, I'd like to get on the same page. And I was really making a clear ask, can we get on the same page about what's going on? And they responded in such a graceful way. They said, you know, I wanted to reach out to you to, yes, my defensiveness was simply my lack of practice at having these conversations where I've been living. I haven't had to think about this or deal with this. So this is new for me and I'm adjusting. I really thank you for your care. And here are the steps I'm thinking about taking per our conversation to be safer. Again, thank you. So they were able to receive that really gracefully and pivot and have enough self-awareness to realize what was going on for them, that they were in this kind of moving from this lack of practice to really getting skillful at how to have these conversations about COVID safety. That text interaction never would have occurred to me maybe six or seven years ago. I would not have given myself permission to reach for that person And I would have probably spent a lot of time torturing myself thinking, what are they thinking and how unfair is it that they were defensive and really kind of going on this rampage in my own thinking. And I am here to deliver the message to all of us. And I I love these reminders for myself, too, that we don't have to stay in that place of struggle and torture when we have an experience with someone that doesn't feel good to us. And this is complex because we, you know, we have different histories with different people. We have different levels of trust. We have different kind of foundations. But in most cases, if we come and bring a reality check, try to get on the same page quickly, soon after it happens, but even a long time after it happens, revisiting something from the past that we, we don't feel settled about, it can have immediate positive relief for both people. I know that this person, when I reached out to them, they expressed relief that I reached out. And they said, if you didn't reach out, I would have, because we both knew we were starting to have divergent realities that were going to get us in trouble in terms of our relationship. So this is the practice of a reality check that I'm encouraging. Now with my clients, they had a backlog of reality check. They had at least a year, if not longer, of some, some tensions that had built up and some interpretations that maybe had been true a year ago, but they were now in a different place. So they took the risk of bringing up something from the past. Hey, I know a year ago when I brought up this thing, you were really upset. It was really painful for you. And so I made the, the assumption that you didn't want me to ever talk about that thing with you again. And then the person was able to say, well, that's not entirely true. I did feel a lot of pain then, but I've actually come to a different place with it now. And it actually, I think, is worse for our relationship when you tiptoe and try not to talk about it. So, And then they were able to clarify the boundaries that felt good in their relationship. 
So that's another benefit of this reality check is not only can it provide that immediate relief of getting on the same page, it can illuminate where you need some structures to support the relationship moving forward. How do we want to communicate about this thing? What is the boundary that we need from here on out? So this practice has so many different benefits. And um, I want to say a couple of just quick logistical pieces about how to do this because it really does matter. It makes a difference. So if you're going to do a, a shared reality check via text or email, keep in mind that the human brain, when we don't have facial expressions to read and we don't have body language to read, we have a negativity bias. So when we read any communication via text or via email and we don't know the, the body language or the facial expression, we can't place where this is coming from, we have a slight negativity bias. We have, you know, that we, we will read any message slightly more negative than it's intended. So what this means for you, if you're the person reaching for this reality check, is that you want to supplement whatever you share with exclamation points, emojis, reassuring language, things like be more obvious than you think you need to be about the positive intention that you have in making this reach, because that will help this person who's receiving your reach offset their own negativity bias and really sense where you're coming from. Now, of course, if you are still contracted and blameful and, you know, resentful, that's going to come through in your message too. So it's probably best to do a little bit of work grounding yourself, understanding where your reactivity is coming from, maybe doing some of that inner work before you make that reach because whatever energy you're bringing to that reach, they're going to they're going to be able to detect if you're not being authentic and genuine with your desire to connect. Now you don't have to be perfect. I wasn't 100% um, you know, irritation free when I made my reality check reach. But um, I was in a place where I was receptive. I was open to hear what was going on for that person. Now, if you do talk in person, it's beautiful to share kind of this layered approach of, hey, this thing happened. So starting with what happened, um, this thing happened. Here's what I interpreted. Here's what I imagine you might be thinking. And I'd love to know. It's usually a really nice arc for how you do your reality check. Here's what happened. Here's how I interpreted it. Here's what I imagine might be going on for you or was going on for you, but I want to check. I'm not the authority on your experience, and I just want to get on the same page with you. I want to understand. So I want to encourage you in this time where we have more space and distance than we are accustomed to in our relationships, there is more room for incorrect interpretations of each other's behavior. Uh, there's more room for us to marinate, uh, ruminate, <laughs> to really stew on things that maybe haven't sat well with us, things that are left unsaid, things that are unsettled. And this actually, this is a profound opportunity. When we have this space and this distance, we can reflect on the connections we have and we can reach for each other and we can say, hey, I know this is out of the blue, but I've really been thinking about this interaction we had and I'm realizing that it feels unresolved for me or, or it doesn't feel good for me. Are you open to talking about what your experience was? 
So this is from, you know, big to small triggers in relationship. For the clients I was supporting, these were kind of on the bigger end, significant tensions, things, real impacts that had happened that were painful that they needed to get on the same page with. With the person that I, I spoke about in my life, it was a little bit smaller, something that we could easily repair very quickly, you know, same day. Wherever you land on that, that continuum, consider providing yourself the relief and the ease that can come by venturing to make that reality check. Make it a practice in your life, whether it's people that you're interacting with regularly or people you haven't seen for some time that you think that there is an opportunity there. I would encourage you to reach, make those connections have your reality checks and start to build some of the shared reality because I can say from my experience, it actually really dramatically affects how I feel in the world, in my day-to-day life, the degree to which I feel that I have gained some sense of shared reality with the core people in my life. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that today's topic was meaningful for you. I hope it inspires you to deepen your connections or at least reduce some of the tension, remove some of that tension in some of your core relationships. These heart calls happen every other Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific. I just hop on here for about 16 minutes and I explore out loud something that has been contributing to my well-being and my relational well-being. I try to really share things that support you immediately, um, tools that are useful to you in your life. And it's always a joy to come share these topics. If you can't make it live, if you can't join me on the call, I always send out a recording afterwards so that you can be sure to catch the content at any time. credit card bill.